podcast where we talk about all things related to running and really great food. Hello and welcome to the Up and Running podcast. My name is Paul Ventura and I am your host. This is episode number 27. For this episode, I want to discuss the virtual race world. Virtual races have been something that have been going on for several years now. And Disney has been putting on a virtual race series as part of their Disney-run race events for the past five years. So how is it that I've never done a virtual race up to this point? Well, I've never thought to look at a virtual race as an option because living here in Southern California, there's always been an in-person race to sign up for wherever I looked. But now, with this COVID-19 environment, virtual races are something to really look at. That being said, I haven't yet signed up for a race, but I've picked one and I'm ready to sign up. So I think that sharing my experience here now will be helpful to those of you that are looking at doing a virtual race really soon. So let's start with first, what is a virtual race in the first place? A virtual race is a race that you can do anywhere, your neighborhood, your local park, or even on your treadmill. The beauty of it is that you can do it at your own pace, at a time of your choosing, and you still get that participation medal, the race bib, and the t-shirt of the race. Most virtual races have a time frame that you're to do the race in, for example, between August 1st and September 31st. So let's talk about the race I'm planning on doing to give you a clear example of how it works. The OC Marathon Race Weekend was originally scheduled to take place between May 1st through the 3rd. But because of the COVID pandemic, it has been postponed to November 6th through the 8th. The race directors have provided a virtual option for participants who'd like to do it sooner than that. And that's what I'm planning on doing. One of the rules that the race directors have stipulated is that each participant run the race as a single race, just like you would any race. So let's get into the details of how it actually works. Obviously, A big reason for running a race is to see what you can do and where all those weeks of training have gotten you. A personal best is one of the best things that can come out of it. For the OC Marathon virtual race, participants can use a fitness tracker such as Strava, Fitbit, or RunKeeper to track their time and their distance. And for this race, you can sign up to do a virtual half marathon a virtual full marathon, or a virtual 5K. The virtual 5K is what I'm planning to do, and I'm also thinking about doing the half marathon. So for the OC Marathon, you can sign up to do a virtual 5K or a half combo crush, what they call it, or a virtual 5K and a full marathon combo crush. So you can double up and do either of these and you pay one registration fee price. Once you've completed your race, you submit your race results via a virtual run submission link where you provide your name, your date of birth, your registration ID, your shipping address so you can have your medal and race t-shirt mailed to you, and you're asked to upload a picture of your race results. And for the OC Marathon, they've made the decision to not have age category medals. 
So there you go. It's pretty simple. Go out, get on the internet, find a virtual race that you want to sign up for. And I've taken a look at several um, of how they're putting them together. And they are all very, very similar where they are taking um, taking your race results off your your fitness tracker, and then you can upload upload them directly there. Since I can run the OC Marathon anytime before November 8th, which is the official deadline, I'm planning on running my 5K race when it cools off a bit, since it's been pretty hot here lately, well into the 90s. So I'm looking to run it sometime mid to late September, and I'm thinking that I'd like to run the virtual half marathon as well, probably in late October when the weather should be really nice. So I'll be sure to provide an update on how my races have gone and how the overall process is when that time comes. So I've talked about how it's been hot here recently in Southern California, well into the 90s. And so I wanted to talk about a really important topic now, and that's hydration. So with these hot days upon us, you know, we're all getting out there. We're running. Some of us are continuing to do those long runs as I am. And when you're out there and you're doing those long runs, you're out for well over an hour and you're really sweating out a whole lot of water. So it's really critical to be sure that you're properly hydrating so you don't run into dehydration, which is something that I actually just ran into. I just had a bout of dehydration and and this one was pretty bad. So, you know, the thing about dehydration and when it's happened to me is it comes on really quickly. But it I say that, but it also kind of creeps up on you. Not that it slowly comes on. It's just that you don't really see the signs coming. It Before you know it, you're just hitting the wall. So let me explain like how it was for me. Um, and it's different for people, different people all the time. And I've had different instances where I've been dehydrated and they're not always exactly the same in terms of how, how I feel it starting to come on. Um, so let me explain this one. So the first sign that I had just a few days ago, and it was after a long run that I did, I did a six mile run. It was hot outside, I was sweating a lot, and I was out there for quite a while. Um, so I initially felt it in my hands. And what I mean by that is that my hands were unusually cold. You know, they shouldn't have been that cold. It was warm outside. I hadn't just run them under cold water or been holding anything cold in my hands, but I could feel it. I could feel that my hands were unusually cold. So that was kind of the first signal to me that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm dehydrated. Uh, but then when the, within a few minutes of my hands being cold and me realizing that, I was also feeling a lot of muscle aches. Um, so, you know, I, like I mentioned, I had gone for a long run, but it wasn't a long run where it was a real hard effort. So my legs shouldn't have been as sore as they were feeling at that moment. Um, so then that was kind of the other little tip off to me that, uh, oh, I think I might be dehydrated. Um, but then soon after that, I, I, I just hit the wall. My body felt really, really lethargic, sluggish, no energy, and of course, at that point, having had um, dehydration before, I knew, okay, I'm dehydrated now. So what I did after that was, of course, I started drinking as many bottled waters as I could over the next you know, couple of hours. And the good news is that uh, once I got enough hydration, enough water in me and um, some salty soup, because I always crave salty soup when I'm dehydrated, as do many of you and probably other salty foods. 
um, then I pretty much was back on my feet. Uh, felt much, much better. Um, so you don't want to run into that. That's not something you want to run into. It's not a good feeling. And sometimes it can take longer uh, than others to just get back to normal again. So, you know, how do you prevent hitting that wall, being dehydrated? Well, it's really critical that you drink enough water throughout the day. So if the temperatures are going to be up and you know they're going to be up and you're going to be out and you're going to be doing endurance athletics like running, what I do, you got to make sure you're hydrating throughout the entire day. So I usually do my runs early in the morning, so I really need to be hydrating the whole day before throughout the entire day. And so, you know, I wanted to be able to provide some some numbers around how much water should you actually drink throughout the day? So I went online and I looked up some guidelines that are put out by the Mayo Clinic. And the Mayo Clinic says that for a man living in a temperate climate, uh, an adult male should drink 3.7 liters or 15.5 cups a day. So that works out to about seven and a half, 16.9 ounce bottles of water. So you know the, the Kirkland... Uh, bottles of water that Costco sells. So each of those bottles is a 500 milliliter bottle. So that's where it works out to about seven and a half of those bottles throughout the day. Um, so for a woman, the recommendation is 2.7 liters or 11 and a half cups a day. And that works out to about five and a half of the 16.9 ounce bottles. Uh, so when I read that, I thought, wow, I'm drinking way less water than I need to be, especially for the fact that I run six days a week. Um, so it was good, good knowledge for me to have. Um, you know, many of you have probably been drinking electrolyte replenishment type drinks or powders. And so I've just started drinking one as well. And um, it's one that I'm liking. It's called Liquid IV. They sell it at Costco. It's also available on Amazon. And it's nice because they have these, what they call their little sticks. They're essentially packets. You tear the top off. It comes in different flavors. And then you just pour that into your 16.9 ounce bottle of water and you just shake it. Um, and you can do it a variety of ways. If, if you're going to have more water than that in a larger jug, then you know, if it's going to be double that, so 32 ounces, maybe, you know, you want to put two of those sticks in there to get more of the flavor. And so it's no, not so diluted. Um, but I like this product. I used it the other day. I actually um, did a much better job of hydrating before my recent long run, which was a seven mile run. And uh, it was warm again this past Saturday when I was out running, but I took a liquid IV the night before. And then that morning, I also had one about an hour, a little over an hour before my run. And I felt way better throughout my run and after my run. And I had no issues with uh, dehydration. So um, kudos to the folks at Liquid IV. Your product worked for me. So thank you. If any of you are listening to this podcast right now and you happen to work for one of these wonderful companies like Liquid IV that puts out a product, uh, electrolyte replenishment, hydration product, email me at upandrunningpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what your product is. Um, if you're so inclined, I'd love to receive some of your product, try it, and I'll definitely review it on my podcast and on my social media. 
So um, I know there's several other products out on the market. I haven't tried all of them yet, um, but I, I'm, I'm very open to doing so. So there are some guidelines from the Mayo Clinic on how much water you should be drinking. Um, you know, and I have to say that seven and a half bottles sounds like a lot of water to me. I don't haven't been drinking that much water, but I'm just going to take it in, in pieces, right? You know, maybe a bottle every hour or hour and a half. Um, so the, the drink that I like to drink a lot is coffee. Um, but that can have a downside too, because let's say you go and you do a long run and you like to have your after run coffee. The problem is that, that the caffeine in the coffee is a diuretic. So it actually will deplete your body of uh, the, the liquid that it has in it, the water that it has in it, because it's, uh, it's going to make you go to the restroom more often. And, and because of that, you're going to just basically unload a whole lot more water. So that's where you can get dehydrated. And that's what happens to me sometimes. So let me tell you about some of the sort of other symptoms that kind of tip you off that, you know, you're, you're facing some dehydration or you might be actually experiencing some dehydration. Um, so some of the symptoms include fatigue, dizziness, headaches, confusion, muscle cramps, and increased heart rate. It can also include dry mouth, thirst, bad breath, dark urine, dry skin, and infrequent urination. So all of that's bad. You don't want to experience any of it. But if you do experience those, then you know think about, hmm, maybe um, a little dehydrated and definitely get some, some liquid in you, some water. Let's take a quick break now for my newest partner to the Up and Running podcast, The Gateau Shop. The Gateau Shop is a brand new bakery in the city of Anaheim Hills. The Gateau Shop makes delicious and really creative custom cakes, pastries like macaroons, cake bars, croissants, and more. And they just announced that they're now serving Vietnamese coffee. So when you're in the Anaheim Hills area, definitely stop off at The Gateau Shop it is located at 5557 East Santa Ana Canyon Road, Suite 101. Stop in and say hello to Sally Mock. She's the owner. And you may have actually seen her on the Food Network as well, where she was a recent winner on Winner Cake All. That's crazy good. So now I get to talk about something I really love, and that's crazy good food. So for this episode, I want to share a new spot to Anaheim Hills where you can get some really great food, and it's called Blue Tree of Anaheim Hills. Blue Tree serves really amazing acai bowls, one of my favorite breakfast foods. They also serve specialty coffees, another one of my favorites, and fresh cold pressed juices and smoothies. So I want to talk about their acai bowls right now. 
I've had a lot of acai bowls in my time. Uh, acai bowls are something I've liked for a really long time. And Blue Tree makes them crazy good. One of my favorites at Blue Tree is what they call the Blue Tree Bowl. The Blue Tree Bowl, what's in it? So the Blue Tree Bowl contains a deep purple, delicious acai base that's layered over a granola base. It's then topped with bananas, blueberries, strawberries, more granola on top, and local honeys drizzled all across the top of that. So good. So something that's new on their menu is three additional new acai bowls. So one of them is called their Ocean Bowl. And when you see a photograph of this, and I will put their website on my Instagram, uh, as well as the show notes for this podcast, so you can take a look yourself. But the Ocean Bowl looks kind of like the ocean. It's blue. It's not deep purple, but instead it's blue. So it's quite eye-catching. And they also have a matcha bowl, and they also have a new peanut butter bowl. So like I mentioned, you got to go to Blue Tree of Anaheim Hills, their Instagram page, and you'll see some really great up-close photos of what I'm talking about. So let me tell you about the Ocean Bowl, because that's the bowl I want to try next. So it features bananas, mangoes, pineapple, and it's topped with kiwi, blueberries, coconut flakes, chia seeds, and local honey. It sounds so good, doesn't it? You can also add extra toppings to any of their bowls, and the extra toppings that they offer are flax seeds, chia pudding, mango, sliced almonds, almond butter, and you can also add vegan hemp granola, peanut butter, hemp seeds, And something else that I just recently tried, actually, is dragon fruit. You can add two scoops of white dragon fruit and chia seeds. Um, And if you've never had dragon fruit, it's really good. It's kind of like a little bit like kiwi. um, But, you know, kiwi is, I'd say, has a little bit of a tang at the end of it. Um, I don't think white dragon fruit does, but it's really good. So let me tell you what their matcha bowl features. Their matcha bowl contains bananas, strawberries, spinach, matcha, pineapple, and it's topped with bananas, blueberries, coconut flakes, chia seeds, and local honey. The peanut butter bowl, which I have had, is similar to the blue tree bowl, but what makes it different is that that it has peanut butter in it and on top of the bowl, so on top of all the the other ingredients that you get in the blue tree bowl that I mentioned at the beginning. So let's talk about the other thing that I really love and and that's coffee. And coffee is something else that blue tree serves. So, so far, my favorite is their hot Kepania latte. And it's also known as their Spanish latte. So this delicious coffee concoction features sweet milk, and cinnamon spice. So you get that warm cinnamon spice flavor with each sip and it's so good. Here's a sampling of some of the other specialty coffee drinks that they feature. So they also have a hot black lava mocha. They have a hot mac nut latte sweet. They have a cold black lava mocha. And they also serve the 
Campanilla latte, the Spanish latte that I was talking about, they serve that cold as well. And they also have a cold blue tray, blue tree latte. So as you can see, they have several different options for you to try. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Up and Running Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening and learning a little bit more about how virtual races are set up and how simple it is to sign up and send in your race results and still participate. You know, that's the key, right? Still participate in this wonderful sport of running that we're all fans of, that we all uh, want to continue to do. And, you know, even though we can't do it in person right now in races, at least we still have this virtual platform available to us. So um, I'm excited to do my race coming up soon. Check out my Instagram page at runwitpaul. That's R-U-N-W-I-T-P-A-U-L. And I also want to remind you when you're in the Anaheim Hills area, stop off at Blue Tree of Anaheim Hills. They have some really wonderful offerings there from fresh pressed juices to coffee to acai bowls. So when you have the time and you're over on YouTube, check out my YouTube channel, which is Run With Paul, R-U-N-W-I-T-P-A-U-L. And also, please leave a rating and a review of the show. If you like the show and you like what you're hearing, the best way for new people to learn about the show is to see those ratings and reviews um, through Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast players that you might be using to listen to this right now. So I really appreciate and thank you in advance for leaving a rating and review. So as always, I'm looking forward to putting out another show in the next couple of weeks. And enjoy your next run. Bye-bye now.